By means of printing, the fund of knowledge accumulated through the ages is available to everyone. Printing zines has also been a major component of the information explosion. Welcome to Zena Together. I'm Timotea Hader. And I'm Josephine Jay. And this is a podcast about zines and the people who make them. Today, we're doing a bit of like a zine making 101 episode. Yeah, for anyone who uh, has no experience in making scenes or just needs to brush up on, you know, how to brush the dust off of your creativity and start making something again, uh, this is the episode for you, just to get you started on how to make something. Today, we're going to, like, go through some, like, very basic zine forms, talk about some zines that were, like, really important to us, and we have a few examples of, like, different zines that kind of demonstrate some of these different types of zines, because there's so many out there. Like, I feel like if you're listening to the very first episode of the show, you know, we launch into it with this idea of, like, zines can be anything and they and they can but hopefully this episode can kind of like give you a few ideas of like where to go with that or where to get started out and how to to start because there's nothing more frustrating than like having a blank word doc in front of you and thinking i can make anything in the world and knowing exactly nothing about what to actually make so yeah we're hoping to give you just a few pointers and just like you know break through that mental barrier of like going from never doing this before to getting started. I think to start us off today, um, we're going to be talking about both perhaps one of the most common and simplest zine forms, the mini zine, and also a beautiful little zine that I just printed out uh, that someone else made. I'm so excited about. A listener uh, has sent us their zine that they made for um, for last uh, month's episode. We had the prompt of make your own monster. And um, someone actually did it. There's a verifiable proof that at least one person listens to the podcast. We do and have at so, least one listener. Yeah. Thank you, single listener <laughs> out there in the world for making the zine for us. Thanks, And you Don. know who you are because you're the only one listening to this podcast. <laughs> When we were talking about even doing this episode, Don, they, they sent me an email months ago, and that's kind of like made me think, oh yeah, we should absolutely do even like a very basic introductory episode. This should have been the first episode we ever did. <laughs> yeah, whoops. But we're doing <laughs> Sorry it about now. it. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, this is one of those weird avant-garde shows. Things are chronologically out of order. You know, it's this, <laughs> this is, our podcast is memento, actually, for the <laughs> We're just covered in tattoos, and all of that those tattoos are just notes. So. It's a mini zine template. <laughs> um, but anyway, Don uh, emailed me just with some like very basic questions about like, hey, you know, I've seen your um, your game Under Secret Skies with its like micro zine rule books, and like, how do you how'd you print those out? Like, how did you you know do that layout? And so I sent them just some like very basic templates that I use, which we will be linking on our Substack. Uh, yeah, I'm putting those out on Substack. Um, I this is a very DIY thing. Like, I use Photoshop and stuff a lot, but like, I'm not as of today trained really well in like using actual layout programs like InDesign and whatnot. I just use Google Slides and uh, hack things together to that work. When it prints out, it I can fold it into a mini zine. Uh, but anyway, they sent us this mini zine. Um, not using not nothing really electronically. It's like a nice little handmade mini zine that I just now printed out. Yeah. Um, That's the beauty of the mini zine form is it's so simple. You could send uh, just a sheet of like 
a scan of a sheet of paper to someone else and they can cut and fold it in like a minute. If you're not at all even familiar, like, what are we talking about? What the hell is a mini zine? It's also uh, referred to as a single sheet zine. Just imagining this, like, just your standard piece of paper, eight and a half by 11, letter piece of paper. If you fold it in half and then fold it four times, basically you end up with eight little rectangles on it. Mm -hmm. If you fold it that way, you'll ultimately end up cutting a little hole in the middle. Then kind of squishing it together. Yeah, it allows it to fold in a way that at the end of it, you have a little like six page book and then eight if you're including the front the and back front cover. The front cover, yeah. And uh, it also has an inside. Yeah. You can Oh yeah, you can just unfold, unfold it. it and reveal the secret map within. Yeah. But, um, and anyone who uh, does mini zines and also includes an inside anything, uh, bonus points in my book. I get bonus points. Wow. <laughs> um, so this zine that Don sent me, here it comes, the front cover, first page. Like, did you see its eyes? There's like a little picture, a little drawing of some eyes. I heard they're um, like goat eyes, but they glow like embers. Have you heard its claws? And like each page continues like this. Have you heard its ears? Little drawing of ears, always listening, kind of building up this monster, building it up. You never, uh, you know it's near by the heartbeat. Uh, did you hear that? Did you see that in the distance? The last page asks. Uh, between the bushes, ps- underneath, near, behind, across, above, outside, the last page, the very back cover says it's just around the corner, on the other side. And when you flip it over, you're back to the title. Here it comes. It's like a little closed loop mini scene. It's brilliant. Ooh, yeah. Truly, when I was like, when I just discovered that, I wish the mice were rolling. I, <laughs> uh, I exclaimed. I, <laughs> I yelped. <laughs> um. I love this so much. Um, but yeah, that, this yeah, is... Yeah, I love the suspense and like the, the continued suspense of like, oh, and then you flip it over and it starts again. And you never quite realize the truth of this monster, but you're always in anticipation of it. But yeah, thank you so much for sharing your zine with us, our only and <laughs> no. most dedicated listener. Most dedicated, If you're listening certainly. to this episode, you know about it because you made it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love this zine. I personally love making many zines. Um, our business cards are mini zines. They're like micro zines. It's just the same exact folding pattern, except done on an index card. I am making them constantly. <laughs> yeah, when you have to like imagine, oh, a hundred business cards. Yeah, imagine having to fold and then every folding single them? one yeah. of them. It's a little bit much, but um, so this scene, like, honestly, I just love this so much. It's so inventive and creative. That, oh, absolutely. Like, we're gonna talk a little bit today about like seeing categories. But I also think there's something, like, to the idea that, like, some scenes are just, like, hard to categorize. Like, I don't know what this is. It's an art scene. It's a little story. It's it's a narrative. It's an, like, zine in a way. Is it a comic scene? Is it technically a comic scene? Because it's got, like, I mean, it doesn't have panels, but it's got images. It's got writing. It's a story. Uh- <laughs> I guess. It's, like... I feel like some zines are just really, really hard to categorize mm-hmm. and like we don't even necessarily need to put them in big genre boxes of like, this is an art scene. Absolutely. This yeah. is a political scene. And like we were talking the other day about like what uh, zines do we want to talk about? Uh, what zines would count? And one of your favorite books, uh, the what Sharpie Revolution? No. Well, there's Stolen totally Sharpie Revolution. Well, there is that one. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, we were talking about just the format. There are some zines where like, they're basically books. They are yeah. they're, they're just fully printed books, but like by small 
you know, individual presses, yeah. you know, individual creators. Or like extremely self-published and self-distributed. And so therefore it kind of counts like as a zine. zine or me, like, you know? especially like Stolen Sharpie Revolution, it's very much in the spirit of the zine where it's informing. It's zines. <laughs> yeah. How to make a zine. Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. There is another mini zine that I would like to talk about uh, by Danielle Napolitano, who uh, was a classmate of mine in ASU, is currently teaching at ASU and some, I believe also like some other places, uh, amazing relief artist. And uh, for one of our classes, I think it was a bookmaking class, uh, she made uh, a one page mini zine that was just a, a relief carving of um, different wildlife, birds. I think it was all birds, just like all native Arizona birds. Uh, flowing through the pages so that when you opened it up, it was all one cohesive image. And then when you fold it all together, you can, uh, all the animals like traveled across the pages. Uh, and all of them were printed by hand. So very lovingly put in their own envelopes. And uh, right now is uh, sitting on our zine library uh, shelf. And I, I'm just so glad to have it. Yeah. I, and I think like, you know, if you're wondering like, Ooh, what can I make? Um, there's really like no limitation on the degree of like how much time and yeah. like artistry you're putting into, let's just say one mini zine. Yeah. So like the, the full spectrum of like the zine that we got, uh, from our beloved listener, it's made with just a it's ballpoint like handmade. pen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Handmade, like all like pen writing and drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I've also seen mini zines that are like really intense, like photocopied collages that are then, you know, folded together. Yeah, so, like, the spectrum of, like, how much effort you can put into it is truly, like, infinite of, like, I'm just going to uh, sit down with a ballpoint pen, I'm going to write out a story or a drawing, and then then I'm going to put that into a zine, and then I have a thing. Then I have a a physical thing that I've created and put out into the world uh, versus, like, okay, I'm going to take a panel of wood and then I'm going to prepare it and I'm going to carve it and I'm going to print it and I'm going to uh, cut it down into size and fold it into a zine. Uh, and you can do the same thing with like, honestly, anything. I've, uh, I have zines that I've made from oil paintings. Uh, I have zines that I've made from mezzotints, which is an extremely niche form of copper plate printing. Uh, and yeah, you can use any skill that you currently have and make a zine with it. Or you can learn something new. And on the platform of learning something new, we have our speaker, Josephine. (laughs) Um, Well, like this kind of goes back to what I was saying a moment ago about like, you know, some zines are, it's not so easy to just like categorize them. I feel like at the end of the day, the zine I'm about to talk about, most people would just throw it in like, this is a, a political zine or an activism zine. But those are also like info zines often, like sharing information. Like I don't have it in front of me, but there is a um, a zine that is about like herbal abortion, oh, yeah. um, you know, remedies, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and like, so zines can have like, yeah, just be full of like nonfiction information and, and just a way to get out information into the world. And the zine I have right here um, is Femstatic. Issue seven, a zine series where it's 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 a lot closer to a magazine. Like they put out uh, calls for submissions, 
and it includes poetry, it includes art, it includes just some essays, even like information. There is a section in this one. This one is all about like sexual health, mm-hmm. um, with a, with a like big focus on on trans people and being trans inclusive um, on this issue. Yeah. And in here, there's just like a a quick and easy guide to menstruation products and basically some like sexual health information and then alongside um like here's some um a collaged poem some artwork mm-hmm. and femstatic zine was actually like the first zine that i ever picked up years ago back in like 2015 i think what? it was like not it was like this was pre-zine fest um, I went to this little event at the original trunk space, its first <laughs> original location. Yeah. Um, and picked this up from Carissa. Uh, <laughs> that's how I met Carissa. This is like, I think another a new level of zine making to like fully create this, right? Yeah. Because this involves like, you're, you know, seeking submissions, working with a lot of different people and putting that all together into, uh, into making a zine. Yeah. I feel like there are two sides of that though, where like, uh, someone pretty experienced in zine making would have to be the one to put this together, but you don't have to be experienced at all to contribute to something like this. Yeah. Like if you have written an essay before you can contribute to someone else's zine, uh, you can put together a collage and tell your own story and just like generally, as long as you can find someone who wants to talk about the same things as you, you can put out a zine together. My very, I guess my very first zine thing was a little like it was like a transcript almost it was an imagined radio script (laughs) of sorts that i never said i I, but while i was working at the college radio station it was like a pretend like oh this is a script of like a radio dj Mm -hmm. and the dj is obviously trans but it's like asking the listeners what's my gender (laughs) that was but but also because this was just in print it begs the the reader to be like so what's my gender huh (laughs) without giving clear indications one way or the other um and that was the very first like zine related thing i did it was in this little um zine called kitty party (laughs) (laughs) and it was one of like i think four or five little pieces in that edition that's so delightful but yeah like and and that that zine as well as this one um as well as femstatic are uh, staple bound zines yeah. so instead of just one sheet of eight and a half by 11 paper imagine getting a whole bunch of them and folding them all down the middle and then just stapling them and you have a little booklet there you go um making sure that your print layout makes sense you know there are like i think on word has a microsoft word has a layout for like printing oh yeah this uh, way. word uh has uh everything on word is a little bit hard to find i just figured out how to uh flip my text on word and it's like seven steps for no reason but uh yeah they have a book format Uh, you can just go into layout and like fiddle around and it'll just format all of your um writing for you into the order it needs to be in to just fold it all in half once you print it out yeah even thinking about just for a moment if you've laid all of these pages out flat the the first page (laughs) that i have here this first half is like the very middle of the book, mm-hmm. and then it kind of goes outward in, bo- in both directions, both halves of your paper. So yeah. thinking about that, it's like, ooh, seems daunting at first, but it's like immediately remedied if you're using Word or like when I have something that's a little more involved, like has a lot of collage art, which my, my games do, mm-hmm. I'm usually ultimately making a PDF. Adobe Acrobat sorts it out. Like once you hit, like 
Nice. Print this out as a book. It sorts those pages out in the right order. Cool. If you're like me and if you're extremely uh, suspicious of technology and machines, like I don't staple bind any of my zines. I use a needle and thread because I'm that bitch. Uh, but if all that seems daunting to you and even like having to open up a computer to have to do that seems like too much, you can always just take a stack of blank paper, fold it all in half, number the pages one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, and then uh, as you're working on your zine, uh, you can just refer back to your little blank model and figure out which page you're on from there. Yeah, and honestly, you can kind of do the same thing with a mini zine if you like ever lose sight of if you're making one electronically yeah. or like just working on some pages separately having a just blank little template with just like each page numbered is really really great to yeah do. just fold yourself uh, a little blank zine and it makes everything so much easier yeah my first scene um made back in college uh was uh, a poetry zine that I made by just taking a large piece of watercolor paper that was going to be the same size as my one page scene uh, and marking out what the pages were going to be, uh, painting it in the flat, scanning it in, uh, and then writing my poetry on a separate Word document, printing that out, and then cutting out the lines of poetry and weaving it through the paper so I didn't have to fiddle with Photoshop. I just had to fiddle with a lot of paper over and over again. <laughs> You, you would call what you were just talking about an art scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an art poetry scene. But, you know, these categories are fluid and strange. Um, but, yeah, uh, currently I am holding a little... It's part zine, part artist book uh, called Happy Sad Times 4, Time, Colon, Change by uh, Rachel Curry, made in 2023. 2023, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the, the year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> 2000. Anno Domini. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is um, a book form, which I've heard a few different names for. I've heard it called an accordion fold, but like also there are other book forms called accordion fo fold. I've heard it called a squash blossom. It's a very interesting uh, book form that involves a lot of folded squares glued into each other so that when you play around with it it can create a lot of different shapes what's the pattern on the inside uh the pattern on the inside uh it's risographed like a risograph collage in um blue and pink uh it has words that say goes forward and tail spins round the world and the imagery is uh like a dreamlike mishmash of Butterflies, uh, it looks like a telephone cable, a hand holding a diamond, flowers, trees, just like, you know, collaged imagery that comes together to make um, a scene of, I'd say, natural bliss and confusion at the same time. And I remember this being sold at ZineFest to help uh, fund someone's uh, top surgery. And my favorite thing about it is has, it has this little, little uh, belly band to keep the book together that is made out of a cut up piece of print. Some of the prints didn't turn out right. And so they just cut it into strips and fold it around. And it's just a nice little touch. So we have one more zine form to talk about. Not physically. This is just an, um, the one I'm holding here is another just simple staple bound uh, zine. But the zine form has come up a little bit like um, in just the idea of like you're bringing yourself to a zine. 
Oh, yeah. And there's a whole broad category of zines called perzines, personal zines. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering, like, oh, what could I possibly, like, God, what do I want to make? And you have the whole world in front of you. Mm-hmm. There are some zines that I've really connected to and read through that have just been little personal narratives, just little snapshots or little moments. And something about that, you know, is probably going to resonate with at least one other person. Mm-hmm. Um, the zine I have in front of me by Birch Rosen is called T and A, which when you flip it over, it's transitioning and attractiveness. And it's from a more like transmasculine perspective. It's it's a lot of like thinking about about their own attractiveness and like and while transitioning or even like wanting certain parts of transitioning and then feeling weird about still connecting with being seen one way pre-transition. And there were you know, we have very different experiences, like me as someone who's trans femme, but there were like certain core bits of this narrative that like really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think were really important, like somewhat early on in my transition. Yeah. Um, like there's this uh, really excellent um, zine about coyotes uh, <laughs> made by another um, Arizonan zinester um, that I came across the other day. And we both enjoy different things about coyotes but it's still just like, oh yeah coyotes i'm sorry <laughs> coyotes are super cool like the more you kill them they more the more they breed uh <laughs> and they have this way of singing together where they like three coyotes can sound like a dozen sorry the end. coyote <laughs> corner <laughs> <with Jim and Dan. laughs> the end of like yeah so my transition was <laughs> Sorry, I can't think. I'm thinking about coyotes. What are we talking about? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, that that isn't a person. It's that's, not, that's not even a person. But I think the the overall idea of what I was getting at is like, you know, um. yeah. You you always have something to offer, um, even if you have like you you've never been like trained to paint or write or do anything significant. You still have experience which you can speak about. Uh, and that someone else can connect to. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, even if you think you have no skill, there's probably some random thing in there that you can bring to to zines. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You definitely have some skill because you're you're listening to this podcast. You're a very smart and clever person. <laughs> <laughs> So those are those are some zines that like we found really impactful over the years, and like maybe that'll help you hone in a little bit, you know, making your own zine. Um, you know, um, I think we like briefly talking about something. I just want to shout out, you know, when we were at that sort of like zine making and collaging event months and months ago. I think it was like early this year or late last year. Mm-hmm. In the span of like two two and a half hours just putting together a little mini zine collage um just shouting out your (laughs) seminal work (laughs) (laughs) oh my favorite zine uh my one-of-a-kind masterpiece kettle cooked virgin pit uh yeah that was a piece made within the space of what what was it like two three hours yeah um folded together just a, a blank zine out of uh orange construction paper uh, went through a stack of Nat Geos and also like if you're struggling on like imagery and don't know what to do, you don't really have much like painting or drawing experience, you can always get a stack of National Geographics 
and cut out the pretty images and just shove them together. There you go. You've made an art. But I was specifically looking at the ads. For some reason, there was this uh, pair of twins on like a lot of um, this one National Geographic or similar magazine. And I think they might have been comedians or something. They were always pulling the, these goofy faces. So I was like, you know, I'm going to just cut out all of this one guy, all of this one guy's face or like, you know, two guys, but they share a face. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to figure out what to do with them later. Uh, and then I was going through the ads and pulling out, you know, the glossiest uh, images of like kettle cooked chips and shoes and uh, Gatorade splashing in the shape of men playing baseball combining them together in interesting ways and so I have actually pop-up elements in there which is why it can never be replicated and on the cover I have a little bag of kettle cooked chips and instead of where there would usually be a flavor or something there is the word virgin pit and there you go you got yourself a kettle cooked virgin pit no other explanation needed absolutely not once again I just want to reiterate anything can be a z oh anything <laughs> but I, I think one key part of that story though is like there's really something to sitting around a table with a bunch of other people mm. making all sorts of random cool things absolutely in fact one of my favorite making experiences was uh a bad art night at uh wasted ink where i had had a long week of printing but the paper was not cooperating with me it was way too soft it was ripping like during the print so like it, there'd just be a massive gash through the entire thing and I wouldn't be able to use it uh so I just brought this stack of um like the images were pretty decent when they weren't ripped I just just a stack of unusable prints and I just popped them on the table and I was like anyone is free to do anything they want with them uh I went about and did my own thing uh I don't even remember what I made that day but everyone else found the most interesting ways to make something out of my terrible ruined artwork it was really amazing to see i do remember i think using a bit of hair texture to imply waves <clears throat> it was like a wave slash kind of cloud type setup yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah um if you were still in a space of like oh i don't know how do i get started what do i do Really, I think the number one best advice is just go find a few other people who might want to make something mm -hmm. or go find, you know, there's all sorts of little local art events. And most people are kind of working independently, but there's that the little moments of like, oh, what are you working on? Or like, mm -hmm. can I use some of that? Or, you know, those little moments, I think, really like help you actually make something. Absolutely. And it always like, even if you don't talk to another person there, it always feels good to just like be in a space where everyone's making something. And there is something I really wanted to shout out that's starting in the new year, starting in, um, there's a workshop that's beginning, it's like the end of January, and there are a few others throughout the year um, that are all about kind of like making either your first zine or making a new type of zine if you already have made a zine or two. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Transforming AZ, and it's a project to get at least 50 uh, trans creators to make their own zines. And that's whether you're a trans person who has already made some zines before and you have a new one in mind, or you just want to make your first one. It's going to be a series of workshops in the new year um, where you're going to be in that kind of space where you're all like, ooh, talking about what you want to make and being given the tools to do that. Uh, as well as once it's in a place 
where it can be replicated. There's going to be uh, printing services offered by Carissa, uh, who runs Wasted Ink and uh, Wasted Ink Publishing. And I was just talking with them the other day. The final workshop is really more of a folding party and yeah. exchange with all the other participants. God, yeah. I I love print exchanges. Like, it's so fun, like, getting people together to make things. And then eventually you get a stack of things. Like, there's nothing a printmaker loves more than just a stack of things. 100%. I, so, yeah, I'd recommend going online. Um, you can find there's a little, like, application just on the Wasted Ink website. It's like slash transforming AZ, and you can find all the information about it, um, how to sign up. But I totally recommend doing something like that, um, you know, moving forward in the new year. And that little segue as well into like what things you want to do that are related to zines in the new year. I do have one right now, um, which I've been thinking about a lot. Go on. I've recognized that, like, especially the first half of 2024, I'm going to be really busy like, with my day job. And I've been kind of worrying, like, how much time am I really going to have for zine making and, like, really specifically making the little games that I like to make? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how much time I'm going to have to do that. Honestly, how much time am I going to have to really work on this on this podcast on some of the just, like, more bookkeeping ends of, like, okay, I got to do some little audio editing, mm-hmm. you know, just getting the episodes up, things like that. Yeah. And, and of um, course, what motivation are you going to have? Yeah. Which is cute to the audience to... Send us more zines. Nothing motivates us more than getting more zines. Truly, this, right, seeing this moments before we recorded this just gave me so much more energy. Like I had two cups of coffee right now yeah. um, seeing this mini zine. But the actual, Every like, zine equals two cups of coffee. <laughs> Careful. Oh, that is, <laughs> power is endless. Um, the actual, like, goal I have around that, like, at the end of the day, like, I don't have magic powers. I can't create more time for myself and I can't just manifest ooh, just more energy to do that stuff with Unless the time I don't have. Unless I receive more zines. <laughs> Unless I receive more zines and praise, but I, I, that will help. <laughs> but th- my goal is to really intentionally find more community and people around the very the specific things that I'm making. Mm-hmm. Because uh, something that's been hard for me is like... um. There's a there's a really big tabletop role playing game community like uh, tabletop role playing game indie creators online. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them, and like there are to the point where there are subgenre you know there's subgenres of games and whole little communities of creators around those subgenres. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of passively follow like some of these blogs and read their work, but I think my goal is to actually like reach out to some people and like actually exist in those spaces instead of kind of lurking on the margins and listening and feel and become more a part of an actual community of people creating things as opposed to just, oh, I'm making my thing siloed because there's a big chance that I'm not going to be able to put out some new zines in the first half of next year. Mm -hmm. And that'll be honestly fine if... I'm still chatting with people who are making the kinds of things. If I can still have like these conversations with other creators on the same level. still be a part of like the act of creation, even if you're not the one birthing new. (laughs) Birthing. Games. Breathing new life into the game world. Um, Pushing it out into the world. Well, and and I think with this podcast, it's kind of a similar thing. Like going out and talking to people for the show Mm -hmm. 
going to events, you know, uh, yeah, like recording at events like Scene Fest and just like talking to people one on one and even talking and arranging things, just talking to people in the zine world outside the podcast. That just like does give me a lot of energy. And I think my main zine goal is to just like focus more on actually building community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't make much money from my zines yeah. and realizing like, yeah, that's not the goal of yeah. what I'm doing. And I like, I want to be like a lot more intentional about reaching out to people and absolutely yeah. building relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's nothing better than like uh, finding other people who have like the same ideas surrounding, you know, the act of creation and the same priorities um, as you. And so yeah, I really want to like you know connect more to those communities and things because they do exist in Arizona. It's just, it's just hard to get to them because the transit system sucks. Uh, <laughs> trains, we need them, which is why I uh, am have been in talks with uh, Carissa at Wasted Ink to uh, start up a uh, workshop in the summer uh, surrounding um, home printing and like different methods and how to make them work in your own practice because. In Arizona, um, around ASU, I find there is kind of a problem with orphaned printmakers. We have a really amazing printmaking program at ASU where there's like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of printmaking equipment available to the students. But as soon as those four years are up uh, and you no longer have access to the equipment, you feel kind of locked out of that entire method of art making. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Um, we can still do forms of printmaking, which are may not be as prestigious as using tens twenty thousand dollar uh, Vandercook letterpress machine. But uh, you can do some really good work with just a wooden spoon and a block of wood and some decent carving tools. Uh, so yeah, I want to be able to spread that knowledge. And a part of that is also like researching other um, home printing methods. Uh, I just got a book from the library um, that's about, I, I think the title was uh, hand printing. And I, I flipped it open and I saw potato as a, a worthy method, which is like, okay, fine. I'm going to have to acknowledge potato printing as, as art actually. <laughs> Uh, and just like, yeah, exploring these things seriously because potato printing is no less fine art than block prints. I'll admit it with bared teeth. <laughs> yeah, you're really struggling to get those words out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I-, I like the slow ways and the slow ways are usually the expensive ways. What can I say? I, uh, I am uh, brand specific with my ink and my uh, carving tools and... Potatoes are for soup, but you know what? I'm willing to give printing with them a try. Yeah, um, but with the end goal of that, of like then teaching those methods to people who are interested in printmaking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people who uh, feel like it's out of their realm uh, that they can't become a printmaker on their own, which they can, Uh, and people who have experience in other art forms and want to bring that to the printmaking table, or people who just want to like give something a shot. And are willing to spend seventy dollars in carving tools. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> it's a safety thing. My thumb still clicks from using cheap tools. Hmm. If you want to use wood, anyways. If you want to cut a potato, you can use anything you fucking want. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had similar thoughts, you know, around anyone can make a podcast, and that's like very true. Like, mm-hmm. 
you don't need fancy recording equipment. You don't need two fancy mics um, and a fancy uh, mm. <laughs> recording thing. I just have training and you know and with training comes a little bit of like snobbery yeah a little bit of like elitist elitism i'm like oh i can i know how to do things the proper way where it's like you don't have to do things the proper way though yeah but also it feels so good to do things the proper way (laughs) have to go off on like a podcast tangent on that but just you know kind of a meta discussion Mm. like a feeling i've had as we've been making these episodes is that okay, this needs to be like really well done. I've got to like edit this thing. I've got to put the music here. I've got to make sure the sound design's good. I've got to do all these things. Audio engineer. Got to make it sound like fucking NPR, which I appreciate very much. You sound make me sound very good. Uh, but also uh, my podcast listening uh, experience has always been like weird garage podcasts or behind the bastards where every episode starts with, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, you know... This is not a New Year's resolution. This is a a statement of potential New Year's might think about trying. Yeah. <laughs> now I am struggling to say this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but moving around some of my, um, I wouldn't call it just perfectionism, but it's just like things that I've learned about like these are the things you have to do if you're making like a really well-made podcast. Yeah, I'm training yourself a bit. I'm training myself a bit. And like maybe it's okay to just have the two of us chatting for a bit Mm -hmm. and keeping a few of the ums and ahs. Maybe it's okay to, you know, not put music to a little part here, not to over edit here and there. Mm. And, um, I think though, just like the intention of this show, that kind of makes a lot of sense. If zines can be anything, then maybe it's very DIY. Yeah. Oh, maybe this podcast is a zine. What if, what if this podcast goes through the reverse trajectory of like most podcasts? The first few episodes (laughs) have amazing audio quality and then the audio quality just gets a little bit worse over time. (laughs) As I said, we're doing this memento style. (laughs) It's all out of order and it's up for you listeners to figure out where things go who's memento made by it sounds insufferable uh isn't nolan (laughs) oh yeah that makes sense (laughs) uh for for listeners i'm allergic to christopher nolan i i can't watch christopher nolan around other people because yeah well looping back around to what (laughs) i was talking about um yeah this is also just me putting it out there that like I think every episode of this podcast, if you are listening to the show and then, you know, you keep listening to it, mm-hmm. you can expect episodes to be different from one another. I think our first thought for the show was like, yeah, this is going to be like, however regular we can make it, whether that's a week, a month, every other month, it's going to be an interview each time with the zine creator. And that immediately was like, no, let's do something else. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of your thought. Oh, <laughs> Oh, sorry. That's my yeah. You know, that's that's my structured podcast brand. I'm like yeah. podcasts. This is a podcast. This is what a podcast should be. Yeah, and I'm coming into this just like yeah, I can host a podcast. I uh, but yeah, this is just for me to say like, I think some episodes because I find it fun. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do uh, like some more sound montages. Just the other day, I was recording a little a little event, and yeah. I'm so happy. Like, that just on its own might be its own little 10-minute episode. Mm-hmm. And maybe another episode you hear just raw, uncut <laughs> interviews. You might just hear me um, typesetting. 
with the new type that I just bought that I might have to buy more of because I keep running out of A's. Yeah, so, you know, we started this show um, with a just, like, right out of the gate. Like, here's this person, here's this stuff. We're not really explaining zines a lot. Now, in this episode where we're doing some basic zine 101 stuff, we're also setting the intention that this show could be anything next year. So, yeah, get ready for that. Next episode? Who knows? Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you want to support the show right now, go ahead and join our email list at zenittogether.substack.com. You'll be the first to know when new episodes will be coming out and who we'll be chatting with. And you can also find us on Instagram at zenittogether. If you made a zine after listening to the show, please feel free to reach out to us. We love to see any zines you've created. Our email is zeneittogether at gmail.com. No dashes or spaces. If, during this episode, you're curious about the kinds of role-playing games that I make, you can find all of them at alunaspress.itch.io and to see me post very sporadically about them on Instagram at alunaspress. You can find me at Little Patch of Hell on Instagram and my website, littlepatchofhell.com. The music used in today's episode includes Hello by Kirk Osamayo, Slow Lights by Lee Rosevere, and Mermaid Butterfly by Soft and Furious. Thank you so much for listening. All right, bye. Bye. You know, actually, you right there, you stuck around that extra five seconds. Thank you even more.